I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. We don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Oh boy, the streaking Woo. sir, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Is this the lowest point for Lucas Mavericks' career so far? I. I mean, yes, maybe there's definitely a point his rookie year that seemed pretty low. And then because they, I think then they traded is, for KP and, and then it kind of went up from there because there was hope for like, oh, next year's going to be the thing. But yeah, there are some down moments his rookie year for sure. I think there are down moments, but I think it's different now because there are expectations now for sure. And for the team to where I know, you know, somebody listening are like, did you not see we won 33 games? You know, whatever it was. I'm like, all right. I But I think there was a understanding between, you know, I think everybody got it. Losing sucks, but I think everybody understood that, hey, we're going to like, we're going to be losing games a lot right now. That's just like, that's part of it. But expectations are going to change. And because of everything, all the expectations going to playoffs last year, I do think this is the lowest moment for Lucas career as a Maverick right now and for the team. Well, they didn't lose three games all of like at any point all of last year. Right. Yeah. And they lost, they've lost five in a row now. I mean, we're recording this right after Dallas versus Phoenix Mavs lose to the Suns on this, on today's episode, we're going to break down Mavericks loss to the jazz kind of that 19 point loss. that should have been like a 40 point loss. And then the uh, clutch loss against the Suns on uh, Saturday night. Remember when Mavs Saturday nights used to be fun? They always used to be like these fun random games, and sometimes Mavs would lose, but it would still be a fun game. I don't know. I guess this one was. So we're going to break down some of that kind of stuff. And then uh, Monday, definitely be back for Monday. We'll do a state of the Mavs, just talk about the overall Mavs and what we think about. Do we know enough stuff about the Mavericks? Do we, you know, what do we know that, that's good about the Mavs, what's bad about the Mavs, and all that kind of stuff. So um, let's let's take it back to, to Utah. So the Utah game – that moment, like after that game, was just – we obviously didn't record a pod afterwards. The first time we've done that in, what, <laughs> almost four years, three years? A while. Like four seasons almost we've been we've been doing this, not doing a post-game pod. It was just – there was nothing to say afterwards. It was one of the – it was probably the worst loss I've ever seen because of the expectations, because of the ability to win. Like the Mavericks have lost – Worst games. Last year, they lost a game where they're up 30 against the, the Raptors, right? That was probably one of the, the worst losses I've seen. But this game, just the point that the, the, the Mavs are in, it was the fourth loss in a row. It was Don, Donovan Mitchell wasn't even playing for the Jazz. Second time in a row that they were playing the Jazz. Didn't seem like they really made any like adjustments or changes or anything. All the same problems, basically. And the team just like went down. And then Luca's comments after the game just exponentially added to that. And we're, we're going to play his comments on this show and talk about them. But that was one of the lowest moments. I mean, that moment was even lower than, I think, tonight, right after, this, after the Suns game. Yeah, last night was different. Uh, or say last night, whenever you listen to this. Uh, the, the Jazz, jazz the, the second, second Jazz yeah, loss was 
it was just a different type of loss. And yeah, we, we joked. We're like, hey, we're not going to do a pod after this. Uh, we because, didn't joke. We actually did not do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't. And because no, the joke was what, that we put on Twitter that uh, the Mavs didn't show up to this game, so we're not going to show up either. That was our that was. Yeah, joke. but one of the first replies <laughs> to that was said, all right, well, if the Mavs don't show up tomorrow, you're going to do a pod. I'm like, all right, good point. <laughs> we're we're going to be back doing pods. So, um, but we've also, hey. <laughs> We've done pods five out of seven nights, hey. and we're getting we're getting tired. All right, so uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, my wife said no more pods. But no, that that loss the other night was just different. It had a different feel to it. You know, there's a difference when you're missing shots and you're losing. There's a difference when you're not you know executing a play or you know just there's a different difference between those type of losses compared to an effort loss. And that second night, like you said. They'd been in Utah for a few days. You know, they obviously lost a few days before that. You come in, you know, two days later and like, all right, same team, same place and everything. And to get down in the by 20 in the first quarter, it's just I hadn't seen that type of effort from a team from, you know, from our team. And that's where it was like, all right, this is different now because all the other stuff is still true. And I don't care if people like don't like hearing it or not, but. These guys are, are still coming back from COVID. They are still getting, you know, getting back in shape and getting their legs back. I was texting Nick tonight. I was at the game against Phoenix and I was texting Nick saying, dude, it looks like Maxi has lost like 15 or 20 pounds. He looks yeah. so he looks so skinny in, in a polo. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Uh, but he just looks so much skinnier in, in his polo. And it's like these guys, it's going to take time. You've all heard that. But once again, it was different on you know Friday night. There was an effort thing, and you're like, all right. And I was really curious to see what the team would say after the game. And Luca's comments after game, I thought were very, very powerful. Just to hear from him, to be open about it, to be honest about it. And I think it shows a little bit into his head right now, like what he's thinking. Yeah, we're going to play those comments in just a little bit. But so this game against the Jazz, the, like the Mavericks had pretty much, they had everyone except for Maxi, right? So, so you know, some of the things are, are true with these guys coming back from COVID and all that, and Porzingis still, I guess, getting into shape from his knee injury and all that. But man, this this was such a bad Porzingis game. <laughs> this this Jazz yeah. game finished with eleven points. I think he had three points at halftime and like three boards at halftime. And then he, uh, he he was in foul trouble most of the rest of the game. And, uh, man, he, he shot terribly from the 4-14 from the field. Finished with nine boards, but uh, had, had those five fouls. He was minus 18 in the game. He Man, he just does not look right. Like, there, there's something about him that's going – he doesn't – I don't think he trusts his athleticism at all. I don't think he trusts his knee right now. There's no aggression. There's no – like fire right in 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 how he's playing it all there's no it doesn't feel like there's any confidence either there's there's sometimes where i feel like he's trying to force confidence where he he gets the ball he faces up and he's trying to force a drive or something like that but especially against gobert i mean he was not driving right at gobert and, and trying to finish and all that or taking shots over the top of him or trying to do, you know he was he was kind of scared to gobert which that's not something we had seen from him in the past where he had been confidently shooting out from the outside. And at times the jazz were running a, a semi zone kind of deal where Gobert wouldn't even guard him out of the three point line. They just throw Royce O'Neal or somebody else at him. And then when Porzingis got in the paint, Gobert would slide over and, and guard him. Um, that was the big deal with the jazz game. I think too, that, that got me was that 
<laughs> there was the guys are back and they're all there. It's a second game, so hopefully you get something. They had one day of rest, which is not a ton, but at least you had a, a day rest. You stay in the same city. You didn't have to travel, and and then they didn't make a ton of adjustments. And the Jazz basically did the same thing that they did, you know, the night before. Beat them by 16 in the rebound margin. They, you know, hit a ton of threes against them again. 20 threes out of their 48 that they took and the Mavs only hit nine of their 33 Porzingis looked absolutely awful and when he looks awful and pe- guys aren't hitting their threes and stuff like that's a recipe for a team to lose by a lot and there, there's a lot of effort things in that game as well and there's just so many other so many things went bad in that game but Porzingis stuck out the most as one that he's really really struggling at the moment and he didn't play in the Suns game yeah and I mean I think that's you know one of the bigger storylines of the season so far for Dallas and you know, the Seth Curry conversation, everybody likes to throw the Seth stuff out there right now. And I, I get it. I, I, I mean, would his shooting be great on this team right now? 100%. But I think I, I'm not sitting here. I'm not ready to say here and say, man, that that trade was, you know, the wrong move and all this stuff. I think it's more of a testament to Porzingis' lack of play. And it's sh- shining a brighter light on that trade. Because I think when Dallas made that trade, they had to they had to assume in the back of their head of like all right like yeah you always want shooters around these guys but they were banking on KP being a legit number 2 guy like scoring 25 26 a game not shooting 28% from 3 right now not shooting 40 like they were expecting him to be a legit number 2 guy and when he's not a no, legit number 2 and he's shooting 28% from 3 and there's some weird fits right now and he doesn't have confidence right now. He doesn't. I think that's the biggest thing for him, like you said. I mean, I, I think confident his confidence is more of a worry than his health right now for me. And when he's not playing like this, I think they go hand in hand. See, I I think his confidence is his number one thing for him right now, and he's lost a lot of that. But when he's not performing up to be that number two guy behind Luca and being another superstar then it, I think it shines an even brighter light on the lack of shooting. Because if you're having KP in that role, then yeah, you want you want a defender in Josh Richardson. You want a guy like that. You want a, you know, a theoretical 3 and D guy, but Josh is going through all the COVID stuff and coming back from that. So I, I don't look at the Seth Curry, the lack of Seth Curry and say, man, did we, did we make the wrong decision on the trade? I look at that trade saying, I think we made the right decision on it, but it's because KP is lacking and not being that number two that it's making that trade look bad. There's so many, so many ways we could go with this right now. But coming up, let's talk about Lucas' comments after the game against the Jazz, the second game. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll get in Porzingis a little more, and then we're going to break down the Mavericks game against the Suns. Talk about all that coming up. All right, Isaac. So we were talking about Christoph Porzingis before. And one more thing before we get to Lucas' comments is that that's Porzingis being a number two is what can cover up the weaknesses of some of these other role players being out exactly. of the lineup or not shooting well, right? Like, uh, I actually, you, you, so you mentioned Seth Curry's numbers, and we'll probably, I'll probably mention this same stat again on Monday for those that don't listen. But um, if you look at the Mavs straight up, like three point numbers, just raw three, like average, like averages and totals of three point numbers, right? Last year, the Mavericks hit uh, 15 out of their 41 three point attempts as a team. That's 30, basically 37%. They were 10th in the league last year. So they weren't like this elite three point, 40% from three team last year, like the Jazz are right now this year. This year, they're hitting 12 of their 36 three point attempts this year. So they're hitting. 
Five less attempts per game. That's huge. Three, yeah, three less made, and then five less attempts per game. So, which is is notable. And they're hitting thirty three percent of those, which is thirtieth in the NBA. So just like just those four percentage points takes you from tenth to thirtieth. That's a huge big difference. Listen to Seth's three point numbers last year. He hit two of his five three point attempts per game last year for the Mavs. Hit forty, you know, that's forty five and a point two percent. So, like, literally, if you just put Seth's three-point shooting from last year into this year's three-point shoot, like, if you just add those totals, you are equal You equal last year's numbers. It, like, all evens out. And, yeah. and so, if you have a shooter like that, he can cover up for some of the other, you know, KP's not shooting well. Luka's not shooting well from three, you know, not even as well as he did last year. You have Dorian and... and and Josh Richardson not shooting that well, but also missing a ton of games. Maxi missing a ton of games and him being the guy. You know, Trey Burke wasn't hitting well from three to start, and he's not taking a lot of them. So, like, all those things can compound to, you know, you have to have some guys that can – if you had one guy to cover up from all of them, it would be fine. But they don't. They don't have that now. They have to rely on some of these other things. But all the other things three-point-wise that could go wrong have gone wrong, right? All those things that I just mentioned. They they miss Maxi for – I was going to say, Maxie's the best three-point shooter on the team. And Rick mentioned that after the Suns game tonight. When Kalashaw asked him, he's like, hey, the three-point shooting on the team, basically, like, how worried about it? And he's like, well, Maxie's our best three-point shooter. He's shooting 47% from three this yeah. season. Even when you look at Burke and Brunson, you know, Brunson's, we'll talk more about him tomorrow, but he's one of the bright spots of the season so far, in my yeah. opinion. His shooting, 52% from the field, 42% from three. Even Trey Burke's shooting 40% from three. He just doesn't Tim- take a lot of them, but... Yeah, he's at four a game, but like, you know, Tim's shooting seven a game and he's right at like 39, 40%. It's just when you don't, when KP is not playing to the level that you expected him to play at, then yeah. And in hindsight, would they have made this trade if they knew KP was going to be playing at the level like he is now? I don't know, but they didn't, they didn't assume that we all assume KP would be at a higher level. And I think, you know, as the season goes along, if he does get to that level, then yeah, if if Josh is shooting, let's hope, you know, up in the mid 30s at that point, 34, 35%, it won't be that big of a deal drop off from Seth because KP's making up for that scoring. Anyway, so we got off we got off track there with the three-point shooting, but let's hear Lucas comments from after the second Jazz loss. This was probably the lowest point in his NBA career and he seemed a little bit he seemed a little in higher spirits after the Suns game, at least compared to after this Jazz game. But let's hear Lucas' comments. These, this first question is from Brad Townsend, Dallas Morning News, friend of the pod. Second one is uh, from Tim McMahon, friend of the pod, never been on the pod because ESPN has weird rules. But uh, the second question is from Tim McMahon, ESPN. Yeah, hey, Luke. Uh, how would you evaluate uh, y'all's play and effort tonight? Terrible. Can you elaborate? There's really not much to say, you know. Uh, I never felt like this, and we gotta do something because this is not looking good. And you know we gotta step up, and you know just talk to each other and play way better than this. It's mostly effort. Luca, I, I think you might have just touched on this at the end there, but what are the things that that need to change for you guys to play, you know, at the level you expect to play? I mean, I would say like right now it's looking like. We don't care, honestly, if we win games or not. But he's got to have more energy, more effort, uh, you know, die for every ball, uh, box out, everything. There's a lot of things that we can improve. And 
I know we will. Uh, I know we will, and that's all that matters there. Terrible. That that word just kind of sticks out to me, right? That they played terrible, and then he didn't really say anything else. And Brad Townsend actually had to ask for you know follow up on that, and that the other part that stuck out to me was that he said it was mostly effort, which. After that Jazz game, that second one, you can agree that a lot of it was effort. Like, go after that. Like, you can't – like, Jalen Brunson at times was getting beat twice on an offensive rebound in the same play. And loose balls, guys weren't diving for loose balls. The the Really, the one bright spot in that Jazz game was Dwight Powell's minutes, right? I think he was – like, at some point during the game, he was a plus nine when everyone else was minus, like, double digits. We, I mean, we crap all over Dwight Powell all the time for his play and because he was thrown in the starting lineup, but we don't think he should be a starter and all that. But that's the one guy that was giving you He's some gonna effort. He's going to hustle. That's the like, one guy yeah. that, was, that was giving you some effort and some hustle, so hats off to him. Uh, and I think he's he's much better backup center than he is, you know, definitely a starting center. That's that's kind of my one big thing with him. But yeah. So that was sort of the one thing. They didn't just they just didn't get any effort or, or anything from some of these guys. And that can be deflating for a team, especially – I, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off here, but <laughs> I, before the before the Suns game, I said the Mavericks need to do two things in this game. They need to refine that joy that they you know they play with, which is kind of on Luca. If Carlisle's gonna say he's the leader, you wrote that whole piece for Mavs.com about Luca being the leader, and they feed off of his joy and his energy. Luca and the rest of the guys need to find that joy again of playing. And they need to rediscover their chemistry because chemistry was such a big part of this team last year and into the bubble. We talked all about it. It's one of the reasons why this team was was playing so well together is because they were so tight and they hung out off the court. And I think part of the, this season being the way that it is, guys having to just stay in their hotel rooms, not being able to hang out and social distance on the bench and all that. It's affecting this team. There's just so many things going wrong for this team. It's not an excuse for the way that they're playing. They should play better than this for sure. But the effort should be better whether you're able to sit two inches from a guy or you know two feet from a guy. But I think that that is having an effect. You mean they need JJ Barea to help? Uh, honestly, like they need somebody. Like they need somebody in a locker room that's that's been around and that can. Nick you know, and I will take our victory lap right now. We but will. No. We'll we'll take it on that. We're wrong about so many things. There's one thing that we're right about, and I think it's that JJ Barea would have helped this team at least mentality wise, at least being you know a leader in the clubhouse and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think this is a moment. This is a moment for Luca, and yeah, because you think about Luca. When has he had the adversity on the basketball court that he has now? And you go, I mean, we've all heard the stories in Europe of when he went pro and, you know, growing up. I mean, you know, he had to be winning every league he played and in growing I, up. I'm going to step in and say, I know a lot of our listeners know a lot more about that than us. So yeah, yeah. If, so if you guys know of examples, That's please why I let us. That's as a question. Yeah, yeah, please let us know and point out to some that maybe he had some, you know, struggles and all that. But yeah, I, I can't recall any that i've seen looking back but even even just recently i mean even when he you know he even his last year in europe i mean he won everything i mean he was you know the most decorated you know european basketball player at that age coming over and you know he comes over to dallas and yeah i mean we lose some games like we said but you know i think it was more it was it probably explained to him hey this is what's gonna happen we're gonna lose all right and i know it's gonna suck for you but you're gonna lose this is one of the you know, first times in the past, how many ever years, five, six years that he's had expectations to be a, a very good team and be an MVP guy on your team. And the team is not playing well. 
And I think this is a moment for Luca that we're really going to see. I'm not putting it all on his shoulders. Like I, he's got to figure all this stuff out for the whole team, but he's got, I I'm curious to see how he leads through this with his body language, with the team that I wrote that piece for a reason, because I saw different quotes from guys from players and coaches and stuff that, and when JJ left, that's honestly what birthed that whole story. when JJ left and I asked Rick, who takes the leadership baton now? And he said, Luka Doncic is our leader. And they were all so adamant. Everybody in the organization, Luka is our leader now. And I'm really curious on how, and it's a lot on his shoulders, right? I mean, Brunson yeah. said in that quote in that story, he's like, it's a lot to put on a 21-year-old's shoulders, but we got to be there to support him too. And I thought that quote was really telling from, from Brunson, but he's 21 years old. He's the leader of this team. This is probably the lowest moment of his NBA career right now. Because the teams, I mean, he's putting up crazy numbers because the team's not playing well. I'm really curious on how he moves forward as a leader of this team at this moment. Coming up, we're going to talk about how the Mavericks responded to that terrible, terrible moment where Luca talked about effort and all that after the Jazz game. They had a back-to-back playing against the Suns, so we're going to break down that game, talk about that game coming up. All right, Isaac, so the Dallas Mavericks lose to the Phoenix Suns. It was a clutch game. Uh, another clutch loss for the Mavericks, uh, 111 to 105. The Mavericks were tied. Man, this this game, there was, there was some definitely good moments in this game. I think there was some good effort. There were some good plays in this game. There was some good teamwork in this game. The Mavericks had a double-digit lead in the third quarter at one point. And yeah, 15 point yeah, lead, 15-point yeah. lead in the, in the third quarter. And then with about three minutes, three minutes and 41 seconds left, the Mavericks were tied with the Suns, 96-96. The Suns had just kind of inched their way and inched their way back here and there. At the end of the third quarter, they went on a little run. And then uh, at the beginning of the, the fourth, they just sort of chipped away at the lead, chipped away. And then it was tied, 96-96. 341 left because I tweeted out and said, are the Mavericks about to? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, all of you, a lot of you are having fun <laughs> dunking on that. I'm sure. And uh, speaking of dunking, don't go anywhere where Knicks fans are. I don't recommend it. Just where Nick, where any Knicks fans are or Hawks Wait, fans. Wait, Knicks fans or, that are welcoming Dennis to the G League? Oh, come on. Listen. Don't do that to our guy. We were proud of him. No, I am League. very proud of him. I think that's great for him. But I'm. what are they trying to dunk on right now? I mean, The draft pick and Porzingis and all that. No, I mean, they, they can have, have the Mavs draft, draft pick this year. Well, yeah, they can have a draft pick. In the, I mean, yeah. They got our guy fine. quickly. We loved quickly in the draft. I do like quickly, yeah. I'm so, not worried about Knicks fans stop. at all now. Okay, trade. fine. We're not talking about the Knicks fans at anymore. All. We're, we're not talking about them anymore. So it's tied, 96-96. And Chris Paul had already started to, but he continues just to take over. I mean, he like he scored 14 points in the last five minutes, and Luka only scored, uh, Luka only scored four in the last five minutes. That's the game right there. All the stuff that you've done, unless you can build up enough of a lead – to get you to those last five minutes. Chris Paul just comes in and takes over. That that is the difference between a veteran in the league and then, you know, young players like this Mavs team. The Mavs lineup was like Luca, Willie Colley Stein, Dorian Finney Smith, Josh Richardson, and Tim Hardaway Jr. These are all real young guys in the league, right? Willie Colley Stein's probably been in the league more than anybody else in that lineup, right? <laughs> he probably played the better game out of those guys so, besides Luca. Chris Paul just just absolutely takes over, and the Mavericks were were you know Willie Collison and the Mavericks they they run this you know drop coverage which I've had a couple of people on Twitter ask me to explain what drop coverage is. It's basically just when 
You know, they run a, a team runs a pick and roll, and you have let's say that, that Chris Paul and Aiton are running a pick and roll, and you have Josh Richardson or Dorian on Chris Paul, and then Willie Colley Stein guarding Aiton. Well, Aiton comes up to screen Dorian, and Chris Paul goes, you know, around the screen. Well, Willie Colley Stein, they either have to Willie Colley Stein and Dorian have to communicate whether they're gonna switch and Aiton is gonna go on Chris Paul and Dorian's gonna stay home there with with Aiton, or if Dorian has to fight through it and if Dorian has to fight through it, which is what they wanted to do because uh, Chris Paul is just going to destroy you from you know with jumpers all the time, they have to decide whether that center, so Willie Colley-Stein, is going to drop or if he's going to step up. It's it's also called ice, which is why you hear Tom Thibodeau all the time yell, yelling, like, ice, ice, ice. That's like his whole thing. So Willie Colley-Stein was dropping or, or icing, and he was dropping into the paint. And Dorian couldn't get over the screen fast enough. And Chris Paul was just hitting jumpers. Like just all game. He did this, right? He was just hitting these mid range jumpers that he's so good at. And it was just really infuriating. It happened a couple times in the, in the clutch, you know, moments. And it happened for a three. It happened for a mid range shot. And just, that was really, was doing it to him. And it's not just Dorian and Willie Collie Stein deciding this, right? A lot of times before, probably most games before the game, they decide what they're going to do. And the Mavericks did drop coverage against the Jazz in the first game, and they tried to not do that in the second game with Porzingis stepped up a little bit, and so they tried not to do that. But in this this game against the Suns, they were dropping, and Chris Paul was just lighting it up, especially in the last five minutes. He was kind of – it felt like he was a shark, and just he saw the fish that was injured – and he was just waiting for it to get tired out, right? It, the fish could still swim away, but he was waiting and waiting and circling and circling. And finally, in the last five minutes, he's like, oh, you guys are going to keep dropping on this? I'm going to take advantage of this, and I'm going to just destroy it. And that's what he did. Yeah, man. I mean, he's I mean, he's the best clutch player in the league last year. And, you know, he showed it again, you know, tonight. And, you know, you look at Dallas's offensive possessions in the clutch too. You know, a lot of you know they're just missed shots. I mean, Dory missed a shot. I think Tim missed a hey, shot. Dory missed Josh. two threes in the last five minutes. Yeah, Dory missing those threes. Uh, Luca missed a shot right at the at the rim. Yeah. You know what? Did, what did? Okay, we joked about it on the pod that what did they do? What did they do for Luca at the end of this game in the clutch? They got him in the post. Uh, we talked about his post numbers on this pod the other day. And he got it right to the rim. I mean, you can't ask for a better shot. He just missed the bunny. And that's just that's part of it, you know, in the clutch there. So Yeah, that was with two with two minutes left. He posts up on Bridges, which Bridges is always really good at guarding Luca. He's probably one of the best in the NBA, but like he posted up on him and it rimmed out. If that went if that went in, it would have been hundred and ninety eight with two minutes left, and that would have been really different. Instead, Missed that shot. Chris Paul hits Aiton for a backdoor lob because Willie Colley signed they they decided not to they decided not to drop on that one. Willie Colley signed steps up and then he totally misses Aiton and Aiton does the exact same thing that Willie had done to him all game, right? How many times did Willie or somebody else get open for a lob cuz Aiton stepped up and he totally forgot the backdoor. And I do want to brag man, on Willie tonight. It, I thought I thought that, Willie played very good. That changed the score. It was then 102 to 96 with a minute 44. Like that was kind of the game right there. That sequence. Luca missed the shot. They go back and and you know, Chris Paul makes a play, and then Phoenix hits a hits a three in the very next possession after the Mavericks don't score. It's 105 96 with a minute five. That's, I mean, games come down to just minutes like that sometimes, especially when missing guys, guys are coming back from from COVID, playing limited minutes and all that. Like the margins are thin, and you have to take advantage in those minutes. But yeah, go ahead with your Willie Colley Stein thing because I think it's a good point. No, I just thought he played uh, really well. Fourteen points, nine boards, four blocks in this game. I thought he was active. I thought he you know did a pretty good job on 
DeAndre Ayton. And yeah, this I wanted to brag on him because I, I thought he played well. I thought he would have got the belt. <laughs> oh, we haven't handed, I forgot all about it. We haven't that, handed out a belt in five games. <laughs> I know Mavericks five uh, five game losing streak here, but um you know Dwight Powell he fouled out in this game but I mean that's the thing it, it makes Dwight look you know it pop a little bit more because he hustles so much that it stands out whenever you know a lot of the team hasn't been you know hustling uh you know a lot but you know Tim struggled he hit shots early but throughout the game it was just frustrating I thought Dwight defensively also had a little bit of bounce little bit of bounce still. I didn't see it on offense, but I thought I a couple times with passes and closeouts. I thought I saw a little bit of a bounce. That's kind of that's a, that's a good sign. We're looking forward to to seeing. Trey Burke only played nine minutes in this game. You were in the building. Did you have you have any thoughts on Trey Burke? No, I have zero thoughts on. He Trey only played Burke. nine minutes, and that that doesn't that did not make any sense to me. He seems like I'll, he's in the doghouse. Josh Green is absolutely doghouse. He didn't play at all. Boban oh, wasn't Green, man. didn't play yeah. in this game. Didn't play in the last two against the Jazz. Like that. Man, the the Mavs roster construction, we we praised it over the summer, but if you're missing guys like this and all of a sudden you have I mean multiple guys in the roster that just can't get any minutes at all. Boban, Iwan, Amber alert for Bob- Josh Green. Boban, Iwandu, Josh Josh Green, um Trey Berg only playing 9 minutes. Like all of a sudden you're you're down to like an eight-man rotation on a second night of a back-to-back. That's kind of con- that's that, that's concerning to me. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they they did a shorter rotation, uh, you know, in this, and uh, it kind of surprised me a little bit, but you know, they they did their own thing with Mi- it. I mean, they're missing Maxi and and, and uh, Porzingis in this game. Porzingis sat out because the second night of a back to back in this one, and uh, yeah, missing those two guys really hurts your rotation there. But you have to play some. You just have to play some of these guys, right? You can't just like. Even if Boban's going to be a complete liability, you got to play him. Like you got to play Josh Green. You got to throw him in there. Like when else are you going to play these guys, especially these back to backs? Because it's only going to they're only going to keep getting more tired, right? Like they're all, it's only just going to keep aggra- aggravating the situation. The Mavs are shooting terribly from three. I want to see some Tyrell Terry minutes. Play him fifteen minutes. Throw him out, even if he gets destroyed on defense, maybe he'll give it give it back with a couple threes on the other end and change some of the map spacing. Like, at least play him in a lineup with some other good defenders where he can hide on somebody. I, but but like once again, the Mavs only shot twenty nine threes in this game. Like we're like last year they shot forty one threes a game. Right. So where are they is, coming from? It should come from a Tyrell Terry. They should come yeah. from a you know maybe a Josh Green in the corner. They should come from a Trey Burke if he played more minutes and. Carlisle just stuck with the guys that he's sticking with. And I don't know what kind of statement he was trying to make or if he was just like trying to get a win. So he's playing the best guys possible. But yeah, I don't know. And the guys didn't even play that ridiculous of minutes. But you have Dorian and Tim and, and Josh Richardson playing 35 minutes. Two things you mentioned about being in the, in the arena tonight. Two things I want to mention. One, uh, on a positive note, what poison ivy the DJ is doing <laughs> did tonight? Friend uh, of the pod. The- Yes, she's amazing. And what she did during the Suns free throws, I was dying laughing uh, because she just just hit the switch on all on all audio, anything. And it was I've never <laughs> been in an arena the kill that switch. big to where it was just I mean, not, you couldn't hear. I mean, everything was just so silent and it was just the ball bouncing you know, ever any guy in the court, somebody from the second, you know, deck holler down something, and it's like you could hear it through the whole arena. 
And it, it was just a, the most eerie thing ever. Uh, now, the Suns still shot a ton of free throws in this game. What are they? They shot 22 free throws. Well, Dallas shot 29. Or no? I'm no, no, no. You're three. looking at the wrong numbers. Yes. They shot 31 free throws compared to Dallas's 14. Yes. Holy yep. crap. Um, but no, it was just uh, it was just the craziest thing because obviously there's not fans there. And you're like, this is so weird. Another thing. Luca and that ref was very. <laughs> I thought for sure Luca was getting tossed. That ref he gave tech. him. A, he got another tech. He's on his way to that suspension. Right before that tech, though, I mean, he was mouthing to to the ref. The ref looked at him, pointed at him, and gave him a chance and told him to stop. And Luca kept on. He turned around, teed him up. But Luca didn't give up on that. And this is another part of where Luca's just got to continue getting better at this. I mean, the timeout happened. Luca was still chirping at him. The dude was still telling him, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stop it. Uh, some coaches, you know, were trying to get Luca out of it, you know, getting him away from that. So I thought for sure he was going to get tossed in that game. But I thought that third quarter really helped him. And he might have wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, it was just a difference in that first half. And just, you know, Luca, you could tell he's frustrated again. Everybody's frustrated now. Uh, but but Luca, a positive, you know, Luca wears its heart on his sleeve. We know how Luca feels, you know, a lot of times because Luca, when he's down, you can tell it. When he's super happy, he's dancing, having fun, and that you love that about Luca. Uh, but that, I thought that third quarter was good for him. You know, he he was energized. They went on that run. I mean, he went on like a 12-0 run by himself. Yeah, you know, he went on a run there in the third that was crazy. Uh, they end up giving up that lead, you know, obviously, but at least gave you know pump some life into the team and to luca a little bit so you know they get sunday off they're off uh, today as you listen to this and then they you know the suns are here again monday night and i don't know what the status of booker is on monday but rick carla did say after the game tonight that maxi kleba will uh be in action on monday night yeah so monday should be the game where the mavericks play at full strength for the first time Porzingis should be back for that game too. They play with all the guys for the first time, yeah. so uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Maxi, but you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk to you guys again before that. By the way, we'll have a Monday pod. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. To Locked on Maps. So, boom. Rams just got to delay a game called on him after this. Come on, man, do your job. Bridges really sold that that particular call.